Jill Campbell of Laguna Seca. Master Raceway Laguna Seca. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I drive for Acura. If you could describe this dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? Enlightening. <laughs> okay. Liar. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. My name is Ryan Eversley, and I'm alongside my co-host, I'm not an assistant Heckman. today. You're not my assistant anymore. Lovely. You've been bumped up, my friend. Huh. Lovely. Welcome to the bigs. So uh, we are apparently exit five is to our left. There's a day's in, yeah, according to the road sign. Getting close to Georgia. We are just uh, short of the Georgia state border uh, from northern Florida. Headed home, or at least Ryan's home. And we are wrapping up a uh, cross-country journey in which we traveled 20 states, over 8,000 miles for 30 days in uh, a certain kind of vehicle. My Acura MDX. Huh. And that Acura MDX had a certain kind of tire. We're rolling on Continental Tire, of course. And uh, so anyway, so we met up with 27 different people who we thought would be cool to have dinner with, kind of talk about the sport, talk about where they've come from, and then pass it on to you so you can in turn tell us everything we did wrong <laughs> for your free podcast enjoy it so uh for our next adventure this is kind of a last minute edition uh but we realized holy crap we should totally meet up with her because she'll be amazing and we're in the neighborhood uh, which is part of it uh so we met up with the ceo and general manager of mazda raceway laguna sega jill campbell jill campbell is awesome we had never met her before great sense of humor bubbling personality and then just open with so many different things, the trials and tribulations of running a track that's owned by the city that it's based in. County. County, yeah. So very rare in the world of motorsports that the track is owned by the, you know, the government. And, and we get into that. We get into how the track works, the challenges that she has versus sort of other track management, the general business of running a racetrack and, and what's working and what's not working in the sport. Those who don't know the recent history of Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca would know that uh, there's been a lot of scrutiny from sort of the uh, county commission out there to, right. to look at what they're doing. Um, they are no longer running events from MotoGP. Jill speaks about all of these things with an unbelievable amount of uh, candor. So anyway, if you're a fan of Laguna Seca, this is definitely one to hear. You're going to hear about what series may come in the future, what series definitely won't be coming in the future. Um, if you're a journalist and you want to make some clickbait headlines, we definitely give you a few options there. <laughs> and uh, that's basically all I got. And we went to the Turn 12 Bar and Grill in Monterey, California for lunch, and it was just covered with awesome racing memorabilia, motorcycles, Ayrton Senna pictures on the wall. It was just really cool. I had the Turn 12 Burger, which uh, came with fries, and I was critiqued for my use of ketchup. And, Sean, you had, let me guess. A chicken sandwich. A chicken sandwich! Yeah. So, anyway, let's hear from Jill. Also, her PR guy, David Hart, was with her. He says a few things. And he criticizes my use of ketchup. So, uh, let's hear from Jill. Mazda Raceway Laguna Sega, courtesy of Continental Tire. Is that how it's going to be every episode? Yes. Okay. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. 
I've never been to this place. I didn't even know this existed. It's so. very, it's very cool. Like I say, you know, it's the same people that own Baja Cantina and um, uh, Pat and uh, the Finney family. Yes, yeah. and their son now has a ride Ryan with IndyCar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so for those listening at home, we're at the Turn Twelve Bar and Grill, which I didn't know was here either, and I was just here like two months ago for the World Challenge finale. And it's got a Ganassi IndyCar wing on the on the front door when you walk in. Basically, there's Senna artwork, GT40s, yeah. old Lamar posters, and literally just above us, we've got a photo of Senna and Villeneuve. Yeah, and That's there's awesome. another Villeneuve on the other side of and, there. And excuse me, to oh. your oh, right. Oh, and then Mazda Raceway Lagoon Sega. Yes. Right Funny enough, right. it's the Toyota Grand Prix of Monterey <laughs> poster. So you guys got to make your mind pre, up. Pre pre Mazda Raceway days, I right. think. <coughs> right. Yeah. Wow. So uh, obviously you've got to stick with me a little bit more, and I'll show you all the good places to go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, this place is really cool. Because there's like a couple of staples around here. Like people always associate like the mucky duck or tarpies or something like that. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, tarpies. I said it because <laughs> it's got a loud sign. Or but. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> mucky duck is now the bear and the bull. It's a whiskey oh, bar. Oh, it's, yeah. it's changed. Mm -hmm. Didn't okay. somebody get shot there like two years they ago? They did, yeah. yes. Well, yeah. actually, if you go around you know, much of this area, you'll find those places. So. <laughs> you can get shot anywhere you in Monterey. You wouldn't think Monterey would be the place to get shot. But no, generally speaking, it's not, actually. You, you have to go a little further east out into agricultural land for that. Like Salinas? Yes. Because Salinas we is like the gang capital of, yeah. of California or something okay. because so many of the families breed the, the kids that go into bad, bad areas. We stayed at it. For the thing. World Challenge finale, uh, the guy that I went with, we hadn't thought it through. We literally showed up with no reservations. And, of course, so everything is we're looking up like on, in the parking lot. It's like 300 bucks. So we found a place, a Super 8, for like 110 bucks in Salinas. I've been there. I did not think I of this. There. I didn't yeah. think it through. And, and we show up, and there was a hotel that was unregistered across the, the parking lot. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a stash house. Yeah. Because like, there's people just staring out the window. And, and you were definitely yeah. in the wrong part of the agricultural country. <laughs> there yeah. are some really good parts, actually, and some great restaurants. There's a great brewing company in Salinas. Which one? It's the Central Coast Brewing Company. Oh. Nice. Yes. So, David, the PR guy. Uh, Here I am. Are you, are you happy where this is going so far? I'm not too many red flags. Only three <laughs> or four in the first three minutes. But <laughs> so is this weird for you two? Like, you sit down, and it's like me and a driver would sit down. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, all right. Do we need, did Jill and I need to step out so yeah. you can, like, so settle your differences? Or do we need a glossary <laughs> of, of language? Right. No, I'll, I'll give David credit. Because we, we uh, when David was at IMSA, we didn't know each other terribly well. And, like, the very first thing I do with him so was I was the, the, the Rediscover Sports Car video, okay. um, the, the toy cars yeah, and the whole yeah. thing. And, uh, you know, we maybe had one email exchange where we just sort of introduced ourselves. And he's like, yeah, hey, I just forwarded it on to Scott Atherton. And I was like, okay, we're fine. Right. We're going to get yeah. along. So. And I got a lot of credit for that because apparently Scott Atherton saw it and gave uh, Potter a lot of credit. So, <laughs> so, so that was uh, probably so one of the one or two good yeah. things I did while yeah, I was yeah. there. Right. It's the I'll only thing that. you that did good there. I'm not telling. <laughs> that, that probably brought you out of the negative, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, Okay, now you're back at zero. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on the watch list, but just lower on the list. So I'm just looking at the menu here, and there's a Laguna Seca burger. There is. Is that... I mean, what makes it it's special? It's sanctioned. Um, it's because it, it, you know, it goes like this. If I order, <laughs> if I order this, do you get a you get a percentage? Yeah, no, I wish. But if you order beers, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Is it technically a, a copyright infringement because it it's not the Mazda Raceway Laguna exactly. Seca burger? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So don't order that. No. <laughs> 
or it's really bad and it's we just do give, We do sanction. We've got beers, actually. We've got a corkscrew ale that Peter B's um, produces. We've got a, um, a beer that English Ales produces. So, you know, we, we get around. I was going to say, that's the fourth time you've mentioned beer. Are we getting beers? Did I mess up by ordering a Coke? Oh, no, I've got a business committee meeting this afternoon. All right. That's all the more reason that I would be here. here. I know. Um, in my prior life, in my business that I had in Portland, Oregon, my business was actually divided between beer festivals and motorsports. So I always bragged that I could promote drinking and driving at the same time. So, yeah, beer is my well. other passion. <laughs> I'm liking this so far. <laughs> so have you seen the movie Beer Fest? No, I haven't yet. Okay, so that's probably not at all what you were doing. Yeah. No, pr- hopefully yeah, it's not. probably a little different. No, I have heard a little bit about it, <laughs> yeah. So you're a first and I think only track person, so to speak, that we're going to have on this. So uh, Laguna Seca. I'm the first and only, did you only, say? Yeah, we, we're not, okay. we're not, let's just say, I don't think anybody from ISC is ever going to call us back. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just a guess. So no, no, nope. no, no, no. I don't nope. think Brute and Smith will be like, who? And, <laughs> and that'll be that. But uh, so Laguna Seca, go. Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca. Let's get it wrong. We should uh, charge people a dollar if they get it wrong. If they get it wrong. As a factory accurate driver, we're going to bleep that out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a giant continental bridge. Yes. Yeah. Uh, during uh, the Continental oh, Tire Monterey Grand Prix. I see. Oh, yes. Okay. If you go out and see it today, it's actually a <laughs> bridge. You mean oh. another brand? Another brand, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Weird. Bleep that out. Okay. Man, so you guys yes. will just uh, put it on for anybody. Uh, we're whores. Yeah. Copy. Like That's where I was going to go. I was going to say sluts. <laughs> oh, that too. Poor Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we're up to seven red flags. <laughs> Okay, guys, that was great. You can't print Does, any uh, of it. Yeah, hopefully the county's not listening. <laughs> but uh, so the, the schedule is out, or will be out come November 18th. It will be, yeah. yes. We are, um, because of our agreement with the county of Monterey, uh, because Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca is actually on Monterey County property, Right. Um, we are limited to five major events. Right. So um, that's really all we can do in one year. Hence the reason we have five. Um, so we start off the year with the WeatherTech IMSA series. Um, I for like us that. is the Continental Tire Monterey Grand Prix. Yep. And that is uh, April 29th, 30th, and May 1. Then we go into July um, with our Motul FIM World Superbike. And I'd like to point out, David, you're not coaching her on any of this. She's got it. She's got <laughs> it. Down. Yeah. All right. Geico US round featuring wow. the uh, Moto America Honda Superbike series. And that will be uh, July 8th through the 10th. Okay. Then we go into um, the world of historic racing and we have our pre-reunion, which is the 13th and 14th of August. The following weekend is the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. Ah, okay, very cool. Which is the um, 18th through the 21st of uh, August. August. September 8th through the 11th is um, the Mazda Road to Indy. Ah, okay. And then coming right up in uh, October, the 8th through the 10th is Pirelli World Challenge. Oh, those World are different weekends. There it is. She okay. got it the Those are different time. weekends now? So the the Mazda Road Indy and World Challenge are different weekends? They are. Oh, okay. Yes. Wait, so who's running with World Challenge then? Uh, we have yet to determine that. So there's an opportunity now for, you know, uh, because normally we are um, 
I'm not going to say obligated because it's not an obligation, but we um, we consider it necessary for us to have a Mazda uh, component sure, sure. in our events. But being as we're doing a total, what we're internally calling Mazda Palooza um, for the <laughs> Mazda Road to Indy, uh, it gives us an opportunity to bring in another series that we haven't uh, featured before. Okay, let me have you move the mic just a little closer. There's a, it's getting louder and louder here. How's that? No, that's great. I'm trying to reduce the background noise. So, right. um, cool. Okay, so uh, we were talking about this on the drive-in. We'll just get right to it. Who's, which crowd is the worst? The worst? The worst. Yeah, like, yeah, are you concerned when it's going to be a Superbike weekend yeah. because those guys burn things? Yeah. Oh, or It's the historics. You know, they're going to complain about everything. What's interesting is that the money spent per capita for the Superbike outranks the historic races. Really? Oh, yes. Okay. Interesting. So it is interesting when you think you've got all the rich people coming into town, you know, during the Rolex event. Right. From um, the worst crowd, actually... They were great. 57,000 people with a smile on their face for the Porsche Run Sport reunion, okay. and they stole every single banner, yeah. every single flag <laughs> right. we had. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I so believe every minute of that. What would, you, yeah. Yeah. what would you say the average age of that crowd would be if you had to put a number on it? For the Porsche events? Yeah. Um, 35 to 54. Right, yeah. so not your average, like, who not you think stealing, stealing stuff. Not people stealing banners no. for their dorm room. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> um, so it, it's interesting. And our... Uh, our motorcycle crowd is actually older than you would think. Interesting. We used I would to assume think it they're the worst. Yeah. No, <laughs> not at all. Okay. But they are the pickiest. Hmm. Okay. They're the most fickle of, of all of our spectators. Um, they're the ones that complain um, about, you know, whatever. Um, I know Monday morning when I go into the office, I'm going to have a stream of, of uh, emails. This year wasn't so bad, but it's... Uh, it's interesting. They are very passionate about their sport. They're very passionate about um, how they're perceived and what their expectations are. Um, and, uh, yeah. So Other than that, we have so great fans. So they rent sport people steal things. They okay. do. Got That's it. good to know. Yeah. Yes. Well, they spent all that money on Porsches. Uh, well, yes. So I mean, you have to have a free left. banner. I want yeah, something yes. free. <laughs> yeah. Poor Patrick Long. Glad he made it out alive. <laughs> yes, He's like, I, I got Patrick Long. <laughs> yes. He was naked when he left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put him in the trunk. <laughs> hmm, I would have thought the opposite. Yeah, you know? I would have thought it was yeah, the bike Yeah, it's interesting. Guys, so. It really is. So actually, so it, you're, you're pretty candid with uh, attendance. And a lot of tracks, when they post event, a lot of tracks will not release attendance figures or, or, or whatever. Or and lie. I've, or, yeah, or <laughs> lie just blatantly. And I've never understood. I understand the lie. I don't understand why you wouldn't release it unless it's truly that atrocious. Well, it's usually um, truly that atrocious. Oh, right. <laughs> um, we announce actual tickets distributed. So attendees on site. Right. I have to confess that with... Uh, Rensport, there were seven squirrels that got added in because I hate round numbers. I hate zeros okay. at the end. So okay. I threw in seven squirrels. Um, Do you still see them from time to time? Uh, no. no yeah. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They multiplied thereafter. Um, but the, the truth is, I, I agree. In fact, I was having this conversation yesterday Once you s with um, uh, a journalist from Austin who... Um, was talking about you know, Formula One and it's like, what are the real numbers? Well, nobody knows what the real numbers are because nobody ever announces real numbers. Right. Um, I learned it a long time ago. I got caught 
on a promoter's rose-tinted glasses announcement. Oh, okay. And was it, this a beer fest or was this a racing event? It was a racing event. Okay. And, uh, it, you know, a journalist came back and said, I actually counted. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're wrong. That's how low it was. I, it's have, like, I, no time. I could see that. Yeah. Right. So ever since then, um, I do announce, again, actual attendees. Uh, the actual number of sold tickets are very different, obviously. Right, right. But, uh, you know, racing has changed over the years so much that you used to be very proud to announce, you know, hundreds of thousands of people at your yeah. site where you've got 15,000 seats. Yeah. It was interesting for me when we, the first year we did MotoGP, and I went to my board and I said, um, we're going to get 50,000 people in the first year. And they said, ah, not a problem. We've done 50,000 people with cart. <laughs> um, in fact, we did 60,000 people. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm new sure. to the sure. facility. I'll believe them. And we had 54,000 people on Sunday of MotoGP. We had porta potties overflowing. Right. Um, yeah. uh, trucks couldn't get to them. P it took people four hours to get out of the yep. facility. I was there, I remember. I so. went back and went, wait a minute, you told me you had handled 60,000 people before. So I went back in the books and actually looked. And the most we'd ever done for a cart event was like 32,000. Really? So, um, it's it's not a good thing to announce promoted numbers. It will catch you in the butt. And I remember, yeah. I think it was Denver. Um, and I think that was a cart race and the journalist went out and counted the seats <laughs> in the grandstands. And um, yeah, they were caught short. So wow. it doesn't pay to lie. Sure, sure. <laughs> Who's got that kind of time? Yeah, well, no, that's how few people <laughs> like, are there. He's like, I took, I counted them all. I didn't even take off I'm my shoes. I'm angry. You know? Yeah. So, huh, um, interesting. So you came on in 2002. 2000, uh, December 17th, 2001. Okay, yeah. fair yeah. enough. Um, because uh, Mimo Gidley, who we were with last night, used to come here when he was younger. I grew up about an hour and a half north here, so I remember coming as a kid. And, and yeah, the 80s and 90s, I mean, the traffic getting in was always, always a nightmare. Yes. You know, there's sort of only one little access road to really pull in. In the old days, you used to come through Fort Ord in the back, but that was about it. And um, and it's kind of a, a, a sad statement over the years because it's a lot easier to get into the track now than it used to be. It is. Um, but you, obviously, you weren't here before that. Did you Have you heard any of those tales or, or know why that oh, was Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But th th there are several reasons for that. Um, actually, the worst event ever was when the Pope was here in 1983, I think it was. 87. Did they and, uh, like um, go down the corkscrew or uh, the little Pope mobile? They actually brought, they bussed people in. Okay. But forgot to send the buses to get them out. Huh. So I, we're still finding <laughs> people under, you know, trees. And then the Grateful Dead concert, that was another one. Um, that had to be amazing. Oh, I, yeah. Was yeah. the Pope, did, is that why the Pope showed up for Grateful Dead? Uh, no, they actually <laughs> missed each other by uh, a couple of years, but uh, they nice. should have got missed together. Missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> so we have added um, what we call the purple parking lot, which is our general parking. And that was part of Fort Ord land that was only... Um, in just before I got there, we were allowed to use it for parking. So it helps the traffic tremendously. Also, Barloy Canyon, which is a road that goes out, it's very scenic, goes out into Marina. Um, that's added uh, an additional relief. We are charged, we have an organization called the Highway 68 Coalition. Um, I call them cavemen. They're citizens against virtually everything. Um, Hill people. Yeah, they don't <laughs> yeah, like exactly. traffic. They don't like noise. And this is sort like of the community that's starting to sort of encircle the track. Yes. Okay. And so we do everything we can to keep traffic off of Highway 68. 
and uh, to try and reduce the conflict you yes. have with the county right. right so over the years we have perfected our traffic plan i have to have 12 local law enforcement agencies right. sign off on that plan right. um but it has gotten a lot smoother right. and the numbers have gone down right, right. i'll have you move the mic just so it'll bend if you could kind of yeah it's just the background noise. How's that? Yeah, that's great. Is that so, better? Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, this is, most people know this, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but, but to sort of put this in perspective, this is one of those few tracks where you guys don't own it. Correct. Um, the county of Monterey owns this, and so if there's no ISC, Roger Penske doesn't own this place. There's no, you know, Bruton Smith kind of overlording. You have, you have a county and a board, and a board of, I would assume, not all are necessarily racing fans that you have to sort of address and kind of explain how this works. So that's kind of, I think, probably one of the biggest challenges you guys face out here, right? It is the biggest challenge we yeah. face. Um, Sports Car Racing Association of the Monterey Peninsula built... Scram. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> wants to know what a scramp is. Well, it is that two-headed fuzzy creature you see. <laughs> it it is a, actually... A I thought it was an angry, angry guy on a, on a <laughs> four-wheeler. With, yeah, with a white helmet. Yeah. Probably is. I think that's a scramp. We'll, we'll deal with that. Them. Yes, correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Uh, it is a group, though, of very dedicated volunteers that uh, built and have operated the track for 58 years. When it was initially built, it was um, army land. When the army left for Ord, the only way that it could be deeded was to a government agency. So Scramp couldn't take it over, could not lease the land, could not buy it. So it went to Monterey County Parks. Um, I try to explain dealing with it. It's like the old ride um, at Universal Studios where all the rocks roll down the hill and you don't know if you're going to get hit by one of them. Right. Yeah. That's my daily life. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's without the net at the bottom. Right. And, and in the amazing. meantime, you're going on that Jaws ride, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's it's a very so it's a lot of fun. Interesting <laughs> dynamic. Right. Right, right. Yes. Um, we're a non-profit organization, which adds yet another uh, element to it. We have a board of 26 volunteer people, and they are um, they oversee committees, so they'll oversee the you know guys in white helmets on the four-wheelers, um, parking, communications, etc. We are going through the process right now of restructuring that board um, so that we will have a board of governors. It'll be a, a nine-person board. I was about to say, 26 people on a board seems like a nightmare. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that seems a like a total. Yeah. And it's, right. it's really odd because during the year, I report to them, and during events, they report to me. Sure. So sure. I have to be really careful what I do all year. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes or sense. you get back at them all at once. Exactly. Right. Yes, uh, finally. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a little bit different moving forward, but it will be uh, people being brought into the board are, are business people, um, local business people that have been very successful, that understand business rather than racing. Okay. Well, Just yeah. racing. But, but, but a lot of your time, like you say, like trying to keep things off of Highway 68, like a big part of your day is yes. just like it, it's almost unfortunate because you're sort of in the defensive position all totally. year of just not irritating the neighbors. Yes, yeah. or the county. Or yeah. How much uh, revenue does the track bring in annually? About $14 million a year. And then I imagine because this is a tourist town that it's actually not like if you were in Iowa or something bringing in $14 million a year in the middle of nowhere, that'd be a really big deal. But this area probably produces quite a lot of tourism money, or am I way off? It, it does, but our economic impact to this area is about $200 million okay. a year. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Um, so 
you know, we really, I, I always tell people, a lot of cities have baseball stadiums right. or football stadiums. We have Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, which is a gem. Yeah. Right. It's owned by the people, uh, but I will tell you, 50% of the people in this area have never been up over that hill and yeah. know it's there. And are annoyed sure. by the traffic. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. So um, is that your is that your card in your back pocket that you have to play every time this comes up with noise or traffic or whatever? Like, right, but don't you enjoy $200 million of, you know? Monterey County has three industries. Agriculture is its largest industry, tourism, and education. We don't have any manufacturing plants. We don't have um, any major industry other than those three. So when Mazda comes in and does a, a new car launch and spends a million dollars in hotel rooms alone, um, that's something that this area would not get unless the racetrack was there. You wouldn't see companies like Red Bull or Yamaha or uh, GoPro um, coming into this area for any other reason. Yeah. So you it's guys, a huge uh, benefit. I'm going to steal this from you, but you guys watch uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? Uh-uh. It's an excellent show, but uh, they did a uh, they did a segment. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm stealing from you. This is my but idea. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they did a segment uh, where where they evaluated sort of the argument that baseball stadiums and football stadiums will make on economic impact to the community, and it was a very very critical piece. Um, what? How do you guys form the logic as far as saying 200 million dollars comes into the community? Where does that math get built out of? It actually got built out of the last economic study that we did through Stanford University. This year, we've actually gone through um, CSUMB, which is our, our local university, um, gone through a third party to do a new economic impact study, which should be, in fact, I have a meeting on it this afternoon, but it should be completed by the end of this year. So I'm very interested to see what the new numbers are. But even if it's half of what it was, if it's $100 million, that's still a lot of money. And this is not a very big area. You know, no, it's a it's small not. town. Yeah, Monterey so has like 57,000 people. Yeah, that's not a big area to have right. such a big pull for, for an event you know, or, right. or a location like that. Yes. And we pull for our attendees um, primarily from East Bay, South Bay, San Francisco, down to Santa Barbara. So we're a long corridor. Um, you know, rather than being in the center hub of a, a, a larger metropolitan area. Right, right. Um, so somebody listening in might go, oh, they're making $14 million. They're doing fine. Um, but, but we also I, spend $14 million. Well, and, and that's half. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, is, right, is, right. Is, um, <laughs> I, I don't know that it's really understood <laughs> the, the economics of how racetracks work. So like when, when IMSA comes into town mm -hmm. with, uh, with the WeatherTech series, they're not just showing up for free. I mean, you guys have to pay a Correct. sanctioning fee and their security and all that. So, so walk us through some of the line items that really take a, a ton out. Well, I can tell you that on an annual basis, my law enforcement is about a $300,000 bill every year. Um, and it is, you know, because we don't own the property, uh, we don't own any of the buildings. Um, so it's like camping. You have to bring everything in. We literally build a village for every single event. So um, our expenses are much higher. Doing business in Monterey, I'm sure you've seen menu prices, are much higher than your, your average place. Housing here is extremely expensive. So just the simple act of doing business um, is enormously expensive. To put on an event like World uh, Superbike, for example, is a almost a $3 million project. Right. MotoGP was $9 million. Right, of which three was the sanctioning fee. Correct. Wow. So... Um, there's not a, you know, I, my partner in life, he's always said, you know, motorsports, it's a great sport. It's a lousy business. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's pretty true. It's very difficult to make money. Um, 
with an event like MotoGP or World Superbike also, we do not have the rights to sell sponsorships in uh, TV, um, so on the right, track. Right. So that takes away a whole chunk of potential revenue. Right. We make, um, and plus we have to pay the county 5% uh, of all of our revenue plus ground rent um, for everything that we do. So it's challenging. So quite frankly, for a nonprofit, is really the only way this facility um, can be successful in my opinion. Right, right, right. And that's why MotoGP is not back, is that you get the, the debt accrued in that whole process is pretty Absolutely. rough. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the other part of it is that the demands for increasing safety measurements with MotoGP were, it, it was every Sunday night, I, FIM would sit me down and say, okay, you need to do this. Right. And so, so all your profits yeah. went right back into, which, you know, safety is my first priority, but we actually never made any money. And people are aghast at the fact that we lost money on MotoGP. We were losing right. about a half a million dollars a year. Right. So making the decision to not continue was a relatively easy one. Right. But if you're losing three million before they've even shown up, yes. that, that kind of makes sense to me. So when you hear somebody like Bernie Ecclestone walking around and you know having these $30 million sanctioning fees and such, uh, I mean, that's not even close to being on the radar for something like this. But, no. but there are other locations in the US where that is possible. Are like, there? Well. Uh, well, you look at Circuit of the Americas, With for example. government well, and aid. So that's, and yeah. that's, that's kind of where I wanted to go, is that, that California is notoriously not very friendly to this kind of you know, government subsidies kind of deal right. versus a place like Austin, which decided for whatever reason spending that kind of money for an F1 race did make sense for them. Um, do you think people get that when no. it comes to comparing? No, not at all. And again, you go back to MotoGP. I mean, I have people in this community that are constantly saying, but you lost MotoGP. And <laughs> we didn't, you right. know, we gave it up. Right. Um, and other people probably should, no, I, I love MotoGP. <laughs> um, no, go there, please. Uh, but the, the truth of the matter is, it's uh, very, Kirk, very difficult to make money. I'm quite certain um, Circuit of the Americas could is not making money on it. And I'm quite certain, I know Indianapolis was not. Right. So um, every other country that MotoGP goes to, they get subsidized by the government. Right. Oh. Hey, do you want to get some food? Absolutely. Let's do this. Why be at turn 12 if you can't eat? Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to this. Oh, no, oh, no, no. Definitely please. interrupt. Yeah. So uh, uh, where are you from in England? From a little town called Exeter, about 180 miles south of London. Nice. When you, and you've been here, you moved to Portland, is that right? I moved to Eugene, Oregon. Eugene, Oregon. With, yes. Beautiful Eugene. Yeah. And what brought you there? Um, I had gone to um, university in Exeter, to St. Luke's College, which was a physical education college. Right. Obviously, that's not what I studied. <laughs> but um, I don't know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> there were 1,200 students um, at St. Luke's, 1,000 of whom were male PE students, and 200 women. So I made a lot of friends, and um, a lot of them came over to University of Oregon to do their master's degree, and I came over for a month's holiday 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going well. Oh, it's going well yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah I'm right. really so enjoying my vacation. When guys hit on you, do they feel that horrific need to do like a horrible British accent? Like, oh, hello, and then hope that somehow that works. Yeah, but I do it back with an American oh, accent. That, so it's that we need to hear. Oh, Let's do it. It's yeah. ter no, it's terrible. No, no it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I know. I've never perfected it. so. Well, that's why we want it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've perfected the English accent either. <laughs> 
people accuse me of being from Canada when I'm at home. So. Oh, weird. Patrick Long. Yeah, Patrick Long gets that too, apparently. Yeah. But he lives in California. Yes. Yeah. And he's from there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved, to, you moved to Eugene. I did. And uh, did you ever go get to see Steve Prefontaine run? I did. Really? Absolutely. I was um, managing a tavern on campus called Duffy's Tavern. And... Uh, Seems um, to be a beer theme in this whole thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. see, it just goes way, I'm way back. I'm pissed we're not drinking right now. So this <laughs> is actually an intervention. Um, <laughs> so David called us. With headphones. Yeah. Uh, Jill, yeah. we're all your friends. I'm appreciating this, actually. We're all here um, for you. But he, he was a, a regular customer. Yeah. Yes. That's excellent. That must have been a great time to live in, Ew, in that town. It was town. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I've read a bunch of the books on like Bill Bowerman and, oh, yeah. and Pre and all that, and you just read it, and it seems like it was a magical time. To be in that part of the world it really because was. it was really booming and it had like its own niche following. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it, it it was it, it was incredible. I mean, every single um, sporting facet of the University of Oregon was at a high peak: basketball, yeah, right. um, you know, the track and field, football. So, any racing at all at that point? Had you been to anything back in England? Not for me. No, I was. Um, I was the product of a second marriage, and my father had 15 children by his first wife. Wow. wow. Yeah, God bless her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was born, there were only seven of us left. Only. My two, <laughs> my two eldest brothers actually raced with Colin Chapman oh, and no Sterling Moss, etc. Okay. And I was taken to the racetrack as a little tyke. Yeah. But I was the girl, and growing up in England um, at that time, I had three choices. I could be an, a nurse, a school teacher, or a secretary. Well, I couldn't type. I hate the sight of blood, so I became a school teacher. Um, and it was only much later, in 1988, actually, um, that I realized that racing was in my DNA. Right, right. So what brings you to Laguna? Where'd you, where, was, where were you before that? I went from Eugene to Portland, Oregon, yeah. because I got involved with um, large civic events. And so I figured that I, if I was going to make it big in the world of events, I had to move to a big city. So I moved 100 miles up the road to <laughs> Portland. <laughs> and I went to work for a global events group that produced IndyCar at okay. uh, PIR. And that was when I stood on the track and went, oh, my God, I'm home. This is it. This right. is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Sorry. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. What was I thinking? Um, I started my own business, and um, so my clients included the Monterey Historic Automobile Races, uh, American Le Mans Series. Um, I had worked as a contractor for IMSA in previous years. I, um, I was promoting um, NASCAR Craftsman trucks at Portland Speedway, um, as well as Sprint Cup Racing, Sprint Car Racing, sorry. Um, so I was here in Monterey uh, two or three times a year. So when my predecessor um, exited, um, I was asked if I would come here as a, uh, an interim. Um, I was only supposed to be here for two months. So again, remember this. I came to America for On a vacation. month. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. vacation. Right. And here. I came here for two right. months. So don't ever invite me to your house. Yeah, you're not coming over. <laughs> yeah. I may never How long is this podcast going to go on for? <laughs> Chicago? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. She's um, living with a guy, and they haven't defined the relationship yet. <laughs> But they have a dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With uh, Port isn't Portland owned by the government or by the city? It's owned by the city. It is a city yeah. park. Yeah. And so did that give you any help coming here, none knowing whatsoever. any of none? Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good to see. How yeah. is that track these days? You never hear about it anymore. No, it's unfortunate. It's kind of. I'm not gonna. It. It hasn't been kept <coughs> up as an international right. venue. Right. Um, it. It still has that potential. Right. Um, 
and it is the only track that's inside city limits. Yeah. I mean, it, it's got a, a lot going for it, but um, it's not promoted by the track. So it requires an outside promoter to come in. And okay. I did that for a while. Global Events did it for a while. There's nobody really in Portland. Um, and Oregon is, you know, funny about outsiders. So it's difficult to go in as an outsider to promote anything. Sure. Is, so it just, yeah. is it still true that or, uh, Portland has the highest strip club per capita? I'm sure it does, actually. Yeah, yes. I, that was a, when I went there in 05 for the only time I ever got to go as a mechanic. Mm, you before, visited before them all? The, no, actually, I didn't have a chance, but my team had a rough weekend. Best <laughs> way to put that. So we didn't leave the track much, but that was like everybody. Because when you fly, you always run into like 100 mechanics on the plane or whatever. And everyone's like, you've never been to Portland before? This is the best weekend ever. And that's why all the IndyCar teams apparently always wanted to race there. Oh, I'm sure. was yeah. for that, that reason. So I, I was just curious to know if that was something that kept up. I, you look like you enjoy the nightlife. I'm sure you've been to a few. Uh, beer. Beer. <laughs> if it has beer. <laughs> Strip clubs in Portland versus uh, Monterey. I've never been to a strip club in Monterey. Really? Have no. you? No. Or do you even know? Are I, I'm not a strip club guy. No, but you're like taking a homeless man to a grocery <laughs> and then not letting him eat. Like it's just not it's just not my thing. <laughs> let's let's get into that. <laughs> let's good. talk about that. I'm good. Yeah, I wouldn't even know of one. So the mucky duck isn't the mucky duck anymore. No, it's the beer what do I call it? Beer and bull and beer. Bull and bear, I mean, yes. God I put me on beer again. So as a racer when we travel around, I'm sure everybody here has had this you have like your go-to places that you go to in town uh you know like crystal fish is my go-to sushi place here okay. which is like a small place it's mm -hmm. not even the size of the room we're in right now um but i was coaching a guy who i couldn't be out here because i was at another race somewhere else and he said hey uh he never been here before so where should i go get a beer or a bite to eat and i was like oh you got to go to the mucky duck and he walks up to it and it was like a club weekend here and it was like closed like like closed like boarded up closed <laughs> and he sends me a picture of it and he's like, yeah, look, uh, it's not not here. And I'm like, what's up with that? And so I Google search, and that's where it's like, man shot <laughs> at Mucky Duck. It's like, Monterey? Yeah, so what's the go-to now for where do you send people when they say, where do I go get a beer around here? Uh, well, obviously, you know, turn 12, Baja Cantina, yep. because they're very loyal to the track. But, you know, I'm English. So English ales for a good beer. Um, the uh, Crown and Anchor. The Crown and Anchor is where I went last Has the time. best sticky toffee pudding known to man. Really? Oh, yes. Huh. What the hell is that? doesn't sound good. Oh, it's that, so that sounds, good. It sounds like, never mind. <laughs> 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 sounds like something you could do to a girl you don't care about, but go on. With whipped cream. <laughs> she can keep up. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> where were you two weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> Someone tells me you'd be fun on a road trip. I love road trips. <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> So I'm out. You're going with Ryan. <laughs> Finally. So you were mentioning earlier that you have a bridge that's not currently the Continental Bridge, but it was earlier. And obviously the track is Mazda Raceway, Laguna Seca. What does it take from your – like, do, obviously you want to promote from within the industry. So are you going to Continental and saying, hey, the bridge is available for this race weekend? Or do they come to you and say, we want the bridge – we or we want the signs or, or whatever. We reach out to Continental. Um, Continental has been a great partner. Yeah. Um, and, um, we and agree. They, yes, <laughs> and so you sure. should. Um, they have been very willing to partner with us. So, it, you know, right. it's, it's not um, a huge reach. 
it obviously every track depends on sponsorships and so our sponsors are enormously important but you know people think and my own board thinks that we have this big black book and there's a sponsor for everything so yeah. if you turn to page you know it 468 yeah. you can get a sponsor for that yeah. it's, it, it's not that easy we do about three million dollars a year in sponsorships um and i i have primarily one guy who is um doing all of that which is you know he's been doing it for a long time and his forte is is keeping sponsors so um our relationship with continental has been a very good one why did it get so quiet it just got what amazingly just quiet. it did what did like, i say yeah like what just happened that's wow. crazy <laughs> right <laughs> someone just got shot across the street yeah apparently um Guys, this is the safest town in america <laughs> <laughs> well she says at 12 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> um so to that then how much I should I don't know which way to word this like politically correct but how much money does Mazda put in to the track or is it just a naming rights thing they don't really do anything other than that 1.5 million dollars a year that's what it takes to be the official 70% of that we are committed to uh, turning back into um, improvements in the track so like the Red Bull Energy Center which is now the hospitality pavilion suites and garages so any improvements that we do to the facility um, is quite frankly because of their investment. Right. And that's, I assume, in terms of racetrack management, probably one of the hardest things is, is I look at it like our video business, we were just talking about that, the reinvestment, the need to keep up the mm-hmm. infrastructure, the, the safety improvements are going to change every year as far as the new thing that you have to do. Um, and again, for uh, you're not getting government subsidies. Nobody's yeah. reinvesting to put a $30 million whatever into your, into your facility. So I assume that's probably the biggest challenge. It is. In the 14 years I've been here, we've um, invested $24 million into yeah. the facility. And the county has invested absolutely zero since 1984. Wow. So um, they do look to us for, for yeah. maintaining it. And, you know, when you have a 58-year-old facility, it gets harder and harder yeah. to... Um, to keep it, you know. Absolutely. You're, you're constantly doing maintenance rather than improvements. Yeah, yeah. Every time I play Forza Motorsport, do you get like a dollar? <laughs> yeah. No, we do yeah. get a, a licensing fee though. Okay. So, but yeah, that's like you a flat. Help. They give you a check. You help. Mm-hmm. So every time I play, they just know that I want to play there. That's and right. And so they have to re-up with you. And they re-up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. keep doing it. Okay. Okay. PlayStation as well. If you could actually play them all, it would help. Okay. Fair enough. This now, be because done. it's a government-owned property. And I'm assuming you have to answer to the, the local business of commerce, or I don't, I don't know. Um, is that information public? Like, can I go yes. re- right now and research like what you guys are getting and putting into the suit? Like, it's Absolutely. all got to be out there because it's yes. a publicly. Oh, that's really cool. And because we're a 501c4, right? Our, everything's public. Right. I have no secrets. Because I'm surprised you just said 1.5 million dollars. <laughs> like, I'm, I just pictured like John Doonan cringing somewhere, like. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me happy because that's got to be one of the challenges, I assume, because um, any racetrack that's not publicly traded um, or that has a publicly traded organization, they don't have to tell anybody anything. No, and you don't. do. Mm-hmm. With, so uh, the, you're sort of open to scrutiny from people who maybe don't understand what it takes. Exactly. Yeah, I can, I can see this. So on that level, the... Um, you know, it's pretty well documented, so I don't think we need to spend 30 minutes on it. But the the ISC deal that yes. had shown up with the county. So, as I understood it, the county, you know, as is very common in, in any form of racing, people thought that maybe it should be done differently, or they had some ideas about how the track should manage itself. They approach ISC, and you didn't know about any of this. No. So, how did that work out? Um, 
not well for anybody, I don't think, right. really, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm sorry, just to back this up, ISE being the sort of NASCAR-affiliated track management yeah, group. Yeah, International Speedway Corporation. Right. Um, that owns, and I, I emphasize, owns 13 tracks around the country. Yeah. Again, you can't own Master Raceway Laguna Seca. Um, so, during the economic downturn, just, you know, I, I, I'm quite sure, I think, whether tech and... David has actually told me this. I think he was the only company that didn't lose money during that period of time. Um, but I think everybody lost money. Oh, thank you. Ooh, see, awesome. look at those fries. Oh, yeah. Ooh. This looks amazing. Ooh. I might have to steal one. You can have as many as you want. <laughs> so we lost a lot of money uh, to the tune of about $2 million with MotoGP. Only having five major events, it's very difficult to recoup a loss for the next event. Right. So um, we struggled. We fell behind in our payments to the county. And, so um, you guys are paying a lease to the county in addition to everything else, all right. your other expenses. Right? Yes. Right. So we, um, we presented a payment plan to the county. We presented a payment plan to Dorna, which was ac accepted. And um, we thought, you know, and we would be uh, completely paid off by 2016. So we thought we were on okay terms. So it was it was a shock um, that they had reached out to ISC. Again, going back to the 58-year-old facility, there are some issues with the facility. We've got um, a water issue. We have an erosion issue. We have a nowhere, you know, a literally runs downhill to a holding tank. We have no sewage <laughs> treatment plan. So all of those issues which would, under normal circumstances, fall under a landlord issue, the county is looking for someone to come in and relieve those problems. And we don't have the financial um, means to do that. Right, right. So ISC came in, you know, looking like the uh, good-looking blonde that walked into the room. Right, or brunette. Or or brunette. <laughs> the redhead was already here. Don't want to leave anybody <laughs> out. Um, and, uh, and, and so it looked very appealing. But um, I think with the restrictions that we have to operate by, ISC looked at it and, and decided that was not going to work. So rather than continue, they've withdrawn their bid. Moving forward, the county has determined that it's going to go out for an RFQ and then an RFP. Um, will ISC come back? Probably. Right. And, and again, to put that out there, RFP is a sort of a, a standard procedure, request for proposal, mm -hmm. where they're looking for agencies, track management companies to put in sort of a thoroughly thought out research proposal yeah. on this is why we're the qualified company. So what would that do to the current in-house app? Yourself, David, would that push you guys out? Would it give you sort of a new boss to answer to? No idea. Okay. Good times. Oh, it's great. <laughs> uh, but, but we are very optimistic but that you didn't know, uh, oh, we'll sorry, continue. Okay. But you didn't know that this was happening. No. So how did you find out? I was on a plane coming back from Le Mans, and I got a phone call, not on the plane, right before I got on the plane. There's a private jet. You're in the back on it. Exactly. That was yeah. me. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that was Spending non-profit money. I got a call from my... Uh, my president of the board to say that the county people had come and visited and told them that ISC was coming in, taking over, doing a 90-day due diligence. If everything worked out okay, 
ISC would be given the three-year agreement. Um, so I don't think shock actually sums it up. It was uh, devastating at the time. I imagine. <laughs> well, I think if anything uh, does happen, you're going to end up somewhere because I don't know anybody. The only thing I complain about when I come to Laguna Seca, and Sean and I debated on whether bringing this up or not, and no, we both it. agree with oh, go ahead. is that the Scramp guys are angry all the time. Like, they are so mean sometimes that you're like, dude. Is that known? Calm like, down. Like, do you know that? Do you get that feedback? Because it's like a, we, yeah. we all talk about it. Yeah, relative to other tracks, the, some of the well, scramps. Well, hang on. There yeah. are a lot of other tracks that have equal. Yeah, yeah, there's some. There some yeah. I was going to say, you've been to Indy, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Been to Indy. Exactly. They're not that bad. We Detroit. have, we yeah, have Detroit been working year, on it. Okay. And actually, we got compliments from our um, Rolex reunion event how friendly everybody was and it must be because of the isc situation <laughs> but we have been working <laughs> these guys are volunteers i and the, and is it the guys that are on the four wheelers or is it everybody That's, you it's, meet it's primarily and they all look exactly the same to me. <laughs> yes, they, they do. The They're it's all like gray-haired, beard, yeah, yeah. and a gut. They all have a yeah. beard. Well, that's actually what Sean said. I, yeah. I didn't notice that part. Yeah. Um, they've always got a white helmet on, mm -hmm. a goatee that's white mm -hmm. of some sort, or beard. It's just the same guy. Yeah, it's just one guy that I keep seeing. <laughs> he just actually hates me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's thank my only complaint when I come to thank otherwise. Thank you for that, though, because... They work for guest services. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> that Not really named. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Um, and we have had complaints about them. That's the only thing that I don't look forward to about about coming out to something race good to know, and I appreciate that. Um, because everybody loves the track. The fans are generally very knowledgeable because this is like a historic place to go. It's not like you're just going to, you know, the New Orleans track they built just to go see an IndyCar right. race. You're coming to not only experience whatever race is there, but the corkscrew is such a big deal, you know what I mean? Rainy Curve's a big deal. It's a it's a historical place. So for us, it's something you look forward to even if, like, traditionally this track in the Continental Tire Series has suited the Mazda MX-5, which is weird because that's the title sponsor. Um, it's just coincidentally worked out that way. I don't think that's a – I don't think you guys planned that. Keep digging. Um, no, I hate the MX-5 Miata. I think the Honda Civic should win every race. All right, good. Yeah. It's out there. But I, when we come to Laguna, as I call it, um, we know we're not going to win that race because it's just not a Honda Civic track. But knowing that it's not going to be our track, because I think the best that Honda's ever finished there is fourth or fifth, it's still like I can't wait to go to Laguna because it's just an awesome place to go visit. It's your, probably your best place to take a girlfriend or wife if you have one, you know, at the time. Destination exactly. is a huge part of it. Because when you, when you have family or whoever wants to come watch you race, and like a, a friend of mine uh, – who I hadn't seen in years, just kind of moved back to Atlanta. He's like, hey, I want to come to a race this year. Where do I go? And I was like, no question. I'm like, Laguna. And he's like, that's in October. <laughs> you know, this is in March. I'm like, you got to wait till the end of the year because that's the only one worth coming to. And he was like, really? Um, because it's just that's that's the, you know, the general consensus when you think about this track and this location. Um, and obviously that has to be a testament to the way you run the place because mm -hmm. other than guys on four-wheelers, you know, I, I'm, I enjoy coming here, you know. Thank you. That kind of leads me to something I just thought of. So Ben Keating, yes, yeah, is currently. I'm not speaking about this. In a situation with he's a great client. The series. I'm not. Ben's a friend of mine, but basically he had a car hit a grate after another car ran over it, broke mm -hmm. it, or whatever mm -hmm. goes into the car. And is there some sort of 
lawsuit or something yes, with is. you guys or with the series? With both, actually. Okay. But we had to ask him to file a lawsuit. Okay. Because our insurance company would not recognize the damage. Right. Our insurance company is still not recognizing the damage. Um, so uh, I'm not really sure where this is going to go anymore. Ben did not want to file a lawsuit. Um, and so it was at our request, and that was the only way we could get the insurance company's attention. Which, which makes sense, and I feel bad for, for exactly those reasons that, uh, I assume you guys deal with this, I mean, Ben, for example, on the forums, when that article got posted, took a beating, you know, oh, this guy, but th we, this has sort of been a recurring theme for us with a lot of people that we've talked to, um, you know, very rarely is a track in sort of the headlines, but you guys have obviously been over the last <laughs> couple of months. How has the, not so much like the, the, the Twitter response with like the hashtag uh, movement and all that, that, that's one thing, but like, the forum commenters on how they should run the track. How has that response been for you There's guys? There's always someone out there that will tell you how to do things better, think right. they know you know, better. And um, again, a lot of people don't understand the restrictions that we're under or, or you know, what it, it takes. Um, those, um, you know, that particular situation, a complete and utter fluke. Um, you know, how d we just had a uh, power failure here in Monterey, 57,000 customers out of power all day Sunday. Um, PG&E, they had a transformer fall over. So um, it came out this morning that that transformer was brand new. It was only installed at the beginning of this month. When you install something like that, you don't expect it to fail. And so you know, I, I have probably the best maintenance crew of any racetrack in the country, and um, you can't anticipate, you know, things yeah. happening, unfortunately, like that. When the, uh, uh, kind of back to the ISC deal, when, when all that started to come out, there was this whole hashtag, keep doing a local campaign. Mm -hmm. How did you find the public response during that time? Huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, I think when you go through something like this, you find out who your friends are. Sure. And... Uh, uh, apparently, Scramp has a lot of friends out there. Um, it's the one thing that kind of upset the county. They were not expecting that kind of response. because yeah, they're not race fans. Right. Yeah. And one of the Board of Supervisors wrote a letter back to her constituents and to everybody that had sent her a letter and oh. said, I've never received so many letters or opinions on an issue in the entire time I've been in office. Right. On anything. Well, that's a good yeah. sign about the health. Yes. So. Uh, well, the flip side of that is, so ISC does their, their due diligence and they decide, you know what, in its current form, we're not interested in, in mm -hmm. dealing with this. Is, is, there a, is that a negative statement about the viability of Laguna Seca? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think it's a statement that says, how has Scram survived under these circumstances for 58 years and continues to survive? Um, the last two years have been the most profitable we've had in, uh, since the economic downturn. So I think in spite of adversity, um, we have proven ourselves. And I am one of those people that um, I surround myself with people who are better than I am. Uh, my title is CEO. General, I've never had that problem. <laughs> general manager. I'm not a specific manager. So I hire people who have the skill set to get the job done, and I have an amazing team, um, and they make me look good. So I, I think that, you know, again, in spite of the restrictions, in spite of the adversities, we have proven 
actually to the world that that you know we're still here so within the racing community there's a couple of known names within laguna seca there's there's yourself there's david there's ann who who are the coolest characters that we don't know about is there like atv jerry that we got to hear about or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> We have. I just want to know. No, that guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy. Yeah. You know, there might be like golf cart Bill. That's what I'm saying. That's or actually like something that's really that I do like. Billy. Is the guys that that shuttle you on the golf carts, which I think oh, those are guys like, are awesome. Yeah, they're, they're like all, veterans yeah. or something, or I can't. They remember. They are Monterey Bay vets. Yeah. And um, they are one of our charitable organizations that we make right. make donations to. <clears throat> Um, and they're awesome. They couldn't be nicer. Yeah. They're like the nicest guys ever. Yeah. And well, they don't have to wear helmets. Right. And they it's got cute. like the extra long golf carts. So they're right. just like cruising all day like pimping. Yeah. Um, those guys are like, yeah, those guys are the <laughs> nicest guys there. And yeah. and they'll always drive you like to and the door. Right to your yeah. door. To the yeah, door. Yeah, exactly. like, like, I'm right here. Like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Those guys are awesome. Whoever came up with that. Because that's recent in the last couple of years, right? We started doing that um, on that kind of scale uh, when we started, when we took over ownership of the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. Okay. Um, and it's been enormously so successful that other events around uh, Monterey have started doing the same thing. Right. And so as a result of, of what they've been doing for us, they were able to buy a new boat that takes vets out in the bay, takes them out fishing and what have you. So it's, it's been a very cool program. But back to your point, my maintenance guys, best characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so as a female CEO or GM or whatever, I, like you have two titles, right? I do. Yeah, yeah whatever. As a, badass, as a badass lady in racing. But in any sense, you know, you're in a highly male attended sport, you know, so or I'm business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you ever come across anything where you're like, dude, let's go outside right now and I can tell you who I am? You don't have to name names, but like, is it still something that you or have you to can deal with? On We'd prefer if you name names. We'll then interview them and just down drag them for an hour. Like, oh, let's talk about this. Um, yes, it happens. But you still have to deal with that crap. Not as often as it used to, but yeah. it, it still definitely happens. Yeah. But I do remember back in my Portland days and um, I was promoting NASCAR track craftsman truck series easy for me to say at portland speedway my my job was literally the the promotional aspect of it not actually um doing the contract or anything else or running the the track so it outgrew the speedway and i wanted to take it over to portland international raceway dennis hooth at the time was the vice president of um of nascar and i went to meet with him and he just looked at me and said I don't deal with female promoters. Oh, and I was really? so shocked yeah, that I like walked out of his trailer and kind of in, in this state of, you've got to be kidding me. Years later, he was working for Trans Am. <laughs> and I knocked on his door. <laughs> and that's, I, that's a bit of a downgrade, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, but it was when uh, American Le Mans owned the Trans Am series. Uh, okay, yeah. And I was under contract with American Le Mans at the time. And I, I knocked on his door and said, Guess you have to work with a female promoter. And you're gonna hate this. We've been really good friends ever since. But um, what was his deal? About the same. Yeah. How does that happen? This isn't like 1920. I mean, this is uh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. It's. All right. Do you think somebody like put him in his place somewhere and that changed oh, his tune? I'm sure. Or, or was it you? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You're, the story you're not telling us is yeah. what changed mm -hmm. his tune, right? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. He speaks very high. He yeah. should. He better. Well, I'd also argue He's our next interview. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also, I, I, I would make a guess that um, you're probably somebody we don't want to cross. 
Like, I could see you throw down with Atherton, and I'm pretty sure I know who would win in that fight. Are you packing right now, Coke? Always. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I have uh, the guy who actually organizes the historic Formula One group, the Masters group, his name is Ron Maiden, has told me that I'm harder to deal with than Bernie Eccleston. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or an insult. (laughs) No. (laughs) Taller. You can totally take him. No. So, if you could, like, shank one guy in the business, who would it be? like a dirty rusty shank and not get caught yeah not get and caught, not get caught. Yeah. god that's yeah, it's tough we will put this out 366 days from now <laughs> is that is that the I time period that passes for it to be okay <laughs> look i'm an expert in battery and the statute of limitations you're not yeah as much as the stuff as i look but you got her thinking I yeah yeah i, I think thinking. right now she's got it down to about five mm-hmm. i'm trying to narrow it is down is it uh <laughs> no no no, they're all shorter. These are all your people. They're all shorter than me. <laughs> <laughs> Who else, Sean? Who else should, should Jill shank? Well, now I've got to think of somebody Sean. taller than her. <laughs> no, I, I have no problems. Not with anybody in the racing industry. That's such a lie. She's well, above, that. She's above, above that. that. From a track management standpoint... Who do you look at? I have one one pers- particular track in mind that I'm thinking of. But who do you look at in the, I guess, in the sports car world, for for our sake of you know tracks visited, that you look at what they're doing and you say, okay, they get it, they're going the right direction. If I was able, if you were running a privately owned facility, you would mimic their actions. Is George Bruggenthies with Road America. Yeah, he he's been. Um we're good, we're good friends, but he's been my hero for a long time because he does get it, and um, he's done things right, um, and he's always ended up getting what he wants, and he's one of the best negotiators I've ever come across. Um, when uh, Champ Car was uh, going through its bankruptcy, he and I hired the same attorney, and I learned so much from going through that with George. Um, he is very, very good at what he does. I'm good, thank you. Um, so I have a great deal of admiration for him and what, what he does and how he does it. Do you look at a place like Circuit of the Americas who's got all these government subsidies helping to keep him afloat and just sort of go, Gah! <laughs> and that's it, no words, just, Gah! You know, America needs a facility like Circuit of the Americas. Yeah. It deserves that kind of facility. The unfortunate part of it is it's a purpose-built Formula One track. So when it, it hosts other events, that makes it difficult to be profitable. I would not want their you know, utility bill every, every month. Um, now, again, you, know, you sometimes don't know whether to be insulted or complimented. They have already stolen two of my sales guys. So um, I had to call them up and said, I am no longer your training ground here. Uh, but it is a compliment that um, they recognize what we're doing and that right. we're you know training our guys right do you think a model like uh, theirs that, that's effectively sustainable only on the government and sort of lives or dies whether or not uh, uh texas decides they don't want to do this anymore do you find that a uh, something that is sustainable do you think it's something that can last forever there's an old adage the third owner will be the one that makes money okay enough said i like that so this is something we asked marshall pruitt yesterday but uh, it's a very generic question. But who gets it? Marshall does. 
I think you'd appreciate We're that. We're going to disagree with you on that one, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Marshall wrote a great article that we actually reprinted in the newspaper in, in regards to the state of motorsports. I mean, I think that um, I, I do believe, controversial as this may be, Scott, we hate Ath that. Scott Atherton gets it. Um, he, he really does. I think that there are track operators who do, or track operators who work for larger organizations that are so busy in um, fulfilling those requirements that they forget what this is all about. Um, it's like the hotel business. We have a, a hotel here that the general manager of that hotel is so busy writing reports he doesn't have time to interact with his customer that's not a good thing yeah um, I think that it's important that you have an idea of who your customer is what they're looking for I respond to every single complaint personally um, that you try that <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just you. But I think that, you know, you've got to understand what your customer is asking for. If your customer is asking for permanent restrooms, um, that's what you need to provide. Um, if your customer is asking for a 12-hour race versus a two-hour race, you need to do everything you can to do that, or if it's vice versa. And I think there are some people who have lost sight of what the customer wants. Um, and we've gone through periods of time with sanctioning bodies where we've had to remind them, we're the customer. Yep. Without the track, you don't have anything. You know, you can have teams, you can have sponsors, but unless you have a track to run that. Right. So ultimately, keep your, you know, keep your tracks happy and you're gonna have happy customers. Um, and some of that has gotten lost, I think, over the years. Do you think, because that I speak to a very kind of endemic motorsport problem is I'm not sure we know what master we're serving anymore. Is it the fans? Is it the tracks? Is it the wealthy team owner? Is it the manufacturer? Is it the paying driver? Yeah. Um, is it TV? Yes, mm -hmm. yes exactly. So um, do you think that's a curable problem? Because I don't. I think we have to um, go through some pain before we can you know, get back to it. I mean, TV used to be the driving force. I remember when I was promoting IndyCar races and we would get a quarter of a million dollars in TV rights. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, when we had cigarette companies, Marlboro would spend $50,000 in overcrew passes. That doesn't happen anymore. We're having to constantly reinvent ourselves right. in order to just survive. Um, I'm the president of an organization called the Road Racing Industry Council, and we represent 16 tracks around the country. So it's, we meet twice a year and exchange ideas and you know, kind of brainstorm what works for you in your facility that you know, I could try in mine. And the bottom line anymore is tracks are having to diversify. They're having to go away from just being motorsports facilities. Um, and that to me is very sad, but it's a reality. Yeah. Well, where else is the Pope going to go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Elton John's playing the F1 race at Austin. Yes. I saw that. Well. No, no. Which, if you buy a Formula One ticket, it's as m much money as you would pay for a ticket just to see Elton John. <laughs> right. You get both right. Yeah. yeah. It's a deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then a beer is like $40. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting side note. <laughs> Nigel Olson, who is the drummer for Elton John, used to be my pace car driver. 
Whoa. Whoa. Where'd that come from? Yeah. Okay. Right. Huh. Huh. Yeah. He, um, he was my pace car driver in Portland and for a while for the Monterey Historic Races. Hmm. Did you know Spence Brompelli ran over a guy? I did not. Uh, Wu-Tang <laughs> Clan. Um, are you a fan of Wu-Tang Wu -Tang Clan? Who? Wu-Tang? No? You're not. You're not. I'm that's a no. Not. If you have to look at David, that's a no. What's in your, uh, so who's in your recently about? played folder of your, uh, your iPhone, if you have an iPhone? Oh, good grief. Um, recently you'd played. You'd be horrified. Oh, uh, good. Yep. That's is why yep. I ask. You would be horrified. Um, that's a very good question. That's, that's not an answer, though. Uh, I don't think there is. <laughs> Katie <laughs> Probably Perry. like Journey Katie or something. You oh, know. no, that's that'd all be right. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't listen to as much music as I used to. Really? I podcast? Know. You're all podcast all the time? Yeah. I, <laughs> when us. I get in yeah. my yeah. car, you know, I, w I like the quiet. Okay. I can get behind that. Well, you well, live in an area that's, that, that's complimentary to that. This is true. Yeah. Sitting in Pasadena, L.A. traffic, yeah. not so much. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. I'm never going back there. So where have you, uh, you've lived here, you've lived in Eugene. Yes. You've lived in Exeter. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's, what's. What's the nicest place you've been to? Monterey. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Is this, are you, this are you is happy paradise. to stay here? I so do you're, like you're it here. here a lot. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, can, I can see it. I mean, you've got everything. You've got the weather. You're 30 minutes from Big Sur. Um, you know, you get to be able to do a lot of things outdoors because of the weather. You know, yeah. Portland is a great city. It has 58 brew pubs. Um, <laughs> and, uh, this you know, is how could you get bored? <laughs> everything is legal. This is a problem. <laughs> These are all red flags, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're going to get an email from David of the 35 things <laughs> yeah, that are coming Yeah, by out. the way, only thing you can have. <laughs> Our six-minute podcast. <laughs> can, I ask, can I ask a question while we're... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. No, okay. no one ever does that. The beginning of the meal, <laughs> beginning of the meal, you asked Sean for his ketchup. Yes. And you didn't use it. Is that is is there an intervention that's gone on before? And you you know just he, take that he, away from him, or what's that's that? It's a good question. About? I'm glad you asked it. That's what you're supposed to say when you need time to think. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> the I don't know what this is. Like this other sauce, it almost looks like uh, Thousand Island with something mixed into it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be like a Thousand Island, like a you know like special sauce yeah. from a Big Mac, and it's not. It's doesn't suit me. Um, and so I had already eaten half of the fries without it because I started eating them right okay. away. Mm -hmm. And they didn't actually give me that many fries, if you notice. It was a lot of the small <laughs> ones. Which it is was. Like, it's You're okay. right. It's mm -hmm. okay. Um, but then I thought, you know what? Maybe the catch will be good. And then the ketchup, it was all right. Just so, checking. Yeah. Obviously, so, wasn't Heinz. No, no. It's definitely something else. But it's okay. The barbecue sauce was killer. You guys, I guess we can tell. So the other day, we filmed about uh, an hour and a half of me being – Hit with foods from all sorts of different, yeah, that's you know, products. By the time this is by the time out, this airs, public, it'll yeah. be the commercial for this that no one knows about at all. Thank yeah. you. And uh, I literally had like an entire ketchup just like on me, and then yeah. mustard, barbecue yeah. sauce. We didn't use the ranch. This, this was for what purpose? For a promotional video. Yeah, so basically, like we're gonna do a little web video to put like food this, being thrown at us. In slow Channeling motion. Johnny Knoxville, or Essentially, it actually yes. looked a lot like that. Sean has like this fifty thousand dollar red camera that's can it do slow excellent motion. Excellent use for slow it, motion. It, food oh. it, I mean, it is so. the nicest camera that was never intended to be used for, <laughs> for what, what we, we used did it for. It for yep. So condiments aren't my favorite thing right now. <laughs> 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 the first thing we did was we're like, okay, we'll get some eggs. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and the first one we were you threw. wearing a helmet. <laughs> No. no. Oh, or no. eye protection. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? And we hired, or we had uh, Sean's friend Mike come over to help us, and the first egg he throws at me hits me, like, right in the eye socket, which is fine. I knew what the deal was, but it's an egg. 
it didn't crack. I mean, it literally yeah. just it was bam. hard boiled. I was like, oh, well, that wow. was actually his first question. Was like, did you buy hard boiled eggs? <laughs> yeah. like, Dude, what'd you do to me? <laughs> My so, yeah. first husband used to throw eggs at me. Out of love? I am very that's, uncoordinated. That's a weird statement on love. So at dinner parties, he would demonstrate to our <laughs> guests how uncoordinated I was. And, and when we actually moved out of our house, when we moved the couch, there was this like line uh, of egg yolk along wow. the back. It was disgusting. Nice. He didn't have your best interest at heart. No, no, no definitely He's like, hey, watch not. this. I'm going to mess up my wife. Hence the reason he was the but first so husband. So right. was this the end? Should we talk about this? How many has there been? Three. Three? Okay. Four times a charm? No, I'll never you do done? it again. You good? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay now. Kids? No. No? Oh, no. <laughs> Thank Kept God, right? Awesome. Like, Close one. Dog? Close one. Kids, none that you know about. Uh, correct. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> no dogs? I, huh? Dogs? Uh, no dogs. Wow. No yeah. pets of any kind? Uh, a parakeet. Okay. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Tell how, do you, how do you cuddle up with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very angry. <laughs> so a reoccurring thing we've been doing on the show is a pass-along question from the previous guest to the next. So uh, last night we had dinner with Mimo Gidley, who is the man. It was so cool to talk to him and see that he's, like, you know, coming right along with his recovery. And we're all really excited about that. And so his first question was, do you still see his tire tracks? Because apparently he used to do a burnout in some sort of motorcycle. Yeah, he lived right around here, I guess. And so his first question was about burnouts, I guess, he used to do near here, a lot of motorcycle stuff. Yeah, he thought it was really funny, so it must have been him getting up to no good yeah. at some point. It sounds like it, yes. And then this morning, or maybe after we left last night, he thought, I should probably have a real question. Yeah. So <laughs> he wrote a very, <laughs> so got nice, an email. very nice uh, quote here that says, Laguna Seca is dear to me as the first racetrack I went to to see a race car. And I don't know if you know anything about his background, but he literally grew up on boats, like lived on a, on a boat for a long time and none of his family were racers at all yeah. and then as a w- on a whim they came out and saw indycar here and it like changed his life he's like i'm gonna do that and he had no racing background whatsoever and then obviously he made it quite far in his career so laguna seca is very important in his career indycars there were awesome so many people with so much interest this experience really started my path to car racing and my career the racing interest at Laguna Seca and many tracks for sure is not like it was in the 90s. What has changed with the fans, and is there any way to get them back with passion? Yes, I think there is. I've always had, um, I always tell sanctioning bodies, it's my job to promote an event, but it's the sanctioning body's job to promote the series. And until you put the series, what it is, in a fan's lap, they're not going to get it. So when you have four or five classes on a a track with different color lights and you don't know who's doing what out there, it's very confusing for a fan. And fans love to have heroes. They love to root for people. You should have seen the autograph lines at Porsche Rennsport Reunion for the legend drivers. It was phenomenal. People stood in line for two hours to get an autograph. You don't see that same thing anymore. It's very, very rare. The only one that comes to mind, other than Patrick Dempsey, but that's because of his outside Mm -hmm. job, is like the Corvette team. Yes. You know, they always have the line around the corner, and I think it's because they focus on making their drivers stars they they do and they put that they they create a culture and environment for their fans and that's what has to happen me as a promoter i can't do that um 
we can we can accommodate it but it's very hard you know just to get drivers or riders ahead of time anymore to do interviews or to get in the media is very difficult i mean back in the day you know a month out you would have pr people knocking on your door saying i've i've got you know um so and so can we do you know a round of the radio stations in san francisco we have to literally pull teeth anymore to get drivers ahead of time to your credit john Ewer or everett sorry from road america he in the last two years has brought me up on the tracks dime last year it was for continental tire series and, and imsa basically and i was the guy they flew up a month early and we did espn radio we did all the local news spots and like a few other we did like a guest spot on a on a live radio webcast kind of thing and I was like, no one does this. Yeah. No one ever well, does this. Well, and I'm going to take your side on this being on the, the team PR side of life. You're right. No one wants to show up a day early without somebody compensating no. for them or something. Exactly. Except for this one. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, this Honda is great. Driver. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll get so much it's, fun. It's like, well, are you going to, you know, now they're asking trucks, are you going to cover their airfare? Are you going yeah, right. to do this exactly. for them? Are you going to do that for them? And that's it's always like, how I have to respond because my clients, that's what they want to do. Right. Yeah. You know? That was actually the big concern, not concern, but the question. I'm like, who's paying for this? I'm like, oh, we got it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be And it's there. not like sure. the tracks have any budget to do this themselves, and why should they? No, yeah. gen generally not. Um, so now I I'll give you a prime example. Nicky Hayden is getting back into World Superbike next year on a Honda. Um, he is an ambassador for Tiso. So we've gone to Tiso. Tiso is going to do some pre-event promotions with Nicky for us. That's great, but it just doesn't happen. And so it's very, I mean, I did a campaign here. This is several years ago. Um, with Tom Christensen, I put his photograph in the paper and said, have you seen this man? Do you know who he is? That's awesome. Nothing. That's my kind of stuff. I like you that. Know? Yeah. Um, and we're not doing that. We're not promoting stars anymore. Right. Um, and to your point, people almost aren't willing to be promoted the way they need to be. No, they're not. Yeah. And I was having the same conversation with Patrick Long, actually, and he just said, you know, I, I, am, I am so committed to so many other things that I don't have time to do the things I want to do for, you know, um, for an event. And then after that, he said, hey, put me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Give me my shirt back. <laughs> Stop hitting me. <laughs> Um, let's do uh, so. Let's let's make some clickbait headlines well, for uh, journalists. Hang on. Okay. Go ahead. So now our next guest. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's we, there's a segment we do. You're the producer, right? Yeah. I okay. Good. Um, who's our next guest? So our uh, our next guest is uh, Sean Johnson, who is a, a very well-known soccer player out of Chicago. He plays for the U.S. Men's National Team as well as MLS. Uh, if you could ask a, a question for this man in Chicago. Is it true what they say about goalies that they have big hands? And is that true what they say about big hands? And you can edit that David, one. David, you good? No, that's going on. I'm good with that <laughs> one's right, going on. I'm very good yeah. with that one. The other one would be, who is the fitter athlete? A soccer player or a race car driver? Soccer player. <laughs> Present uh, company accepted. The guy no. who just chowed down the Laguna Seca <laughs> Yeah, the Laguna Burger was now legit. Yeah, now, 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 in England, fitter can mean one of two things. It can be like who's genuinely a, the most fit athlete versus who's sort of the most shapely looking guy. Yes. <laughs> so you mean both. Absolutely. All right. I like this. Okay. I'm still writing down the big hands question. <laughs> <laughs> it's very loaded. 
make an excellent list. Okay, now you can make um, headlines. <laughs> all right, so let's make some clickbait headlines, um, so that so that John. You gotta DeGeese, kill one, marry one. Yeah, no, no, no. So that John DeGeese can listen to this and be like, you know, Formula One might come to Laguna Seca. Let's like, let's make some of these things here. So so let's 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 list off a few yes or no. Will they ever have it? Will F1 ever come to Laguna Seca? No. Will WEC ever come to Laguna Seca? Ooh, ask Gerard. Okay. But you'd like be open that. to it. Oh, so absolutely. have you guys yeah. talked? Yes. Awesome. He didn't like my numbers. I'm shocked. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. Uh, IndyCar. Keeping everything crossed that crosses, um, we would love to see IndyCar back. It's got to make fiscal sense for us. Sure. Um, and uh, Are their sanctioning fees very high relative to the product right now? Or the uh, turnout, I should say? They're higher than they should be. Okay. Uh, for the product. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, MotoGP. I would love to think they would. Um, I've not given up hope, but again, um, FIM has changed their safety rules, and I'm not sure that traditional road courses will qualify anymore. Right. Uh, they're looking much more towards the tilky designed um, yeah. tracks yeah, uh, the crappy for their ones. future. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The Lots of runoff. So it yeah. would require a huge investment. No passing opportunities. Up the infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, NHRA. <laughs> we don't have a long straightaway. So no. No. You could make that. Yes. And that's a, you know, going back to I the don't know why Laguna Seca doesn't just pay for a drag strip. I don't either. They need marketing. <laughs> they need marketing. Yes. Um, what about, uh, I, I read that something about a nationwide race, or sorry, Xfinity race was a potential or. Is that what they are now? Anything, <laughs> anything NASCAR related despite the ISC stuff? Um, not in our immediate future. No, I mean, they don't need us. Right. Um, they've got enough tracks to go to. And I, you know this. I mean, uh, Master Race Radio Gunaseke is a very technical track. Yeah. And when you've got off cambers like we do, you know, putting trucks on that track would be a little dodgy. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm never opposed to it. I mean, w it'll never be a, you know, cup race track. But GRC. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Global Rallycross, would they be a potential? Yeah, I, it's not out of, you know, my maintenance guys would kill me for, you know. You could really probably do something pretty badass with the uh, corkscrew and then go up the little hill, the yeah. spectator yeah, hill. And yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I mean, that would be, that'd cool. be expensive, but awesome. Uh, monster trucks. Oh, I tried to do monster truck demo. At, in the purple parking lot, but because it's oh. still four Ord land, they won't Can't let me <laughs> disturb the earth. Because oh, we have bad. something called the tiger salamander. The what? Um, the tiger salamander, and, and it has precedence over everything else. Oh, there's a there's an animal on there that you can't mm. violate. I was like, was uh, that? I thought it was a yeah. mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but so it's some sort be. of protected we animal. We barbecue them, and yeah. <laughs> they're delicious. <laughs> That's what's on that burger. Okay. Right. Uh, will the Pope come back? Hey, he just, he was going to come to Monterey. I put the invitation out there, but he had other things to oh, do. Elton John. Yes, there's an idea. Hmm. Okay, thank you. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah I'll, have I'll have Nigel talk to him. Who's the most famous person you've gotten to meet because of your position in racing, but not in racing? Paul Newman. Well, he's in racing. Oh, you're right. Who's the most important? Uh, uh, not in racing. You know, because I know like MotoGP brings out a lot of celebrities. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Nice. Yeah. Did he smell as good as he looks? He smokes. Oh. It was so disappointing, yeah, actually. Yeah. It really Man. was. And and Tom Tom Cruise, but they're both shorter than me. Yeah, Tom's a yeah. little guy. Yes. 
But he doesn't Which smoke. That guy's like, no, he like doesn't. An animal. Yeah. But it is yeah. disturbing when you have to look down on somebody, you know. You know, pick him up, shake yeah, him, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I want this Talk one. to me. Yeah. Look me in the eye. You can, like put him under your arm. Yeah. Enough. But no, it, it, that was very cool. Brad, <laughs> Patrick Long. <laughs> I just like this vision of you like carrying around Tom Cruise and Patrick Long. Like these are mine. We're gonna go shopping. <laughs> I'm in charge here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Brad Pitt so smokes. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. That bums me out. Yeah. I know it bums me out too. Who's the worst? ego guy you've had to deal with like has it been like a motorcycle rider that's like I don't need this sh I can't be bothered to stand here and sign a poster or no I would say it was one of my um, <laughs> historic drivers yes <laughs> good surprise good. I yeah, was I really glad you didn't say this guy of the world challenge event was terrible was there any have you met anybody <laughs> that's like surprisingly awesome that doesn't need to be like a Valentino Rossi or something yes like oh, that, I, I'll tell you who Wayne Rainey yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Wayne, Rainey's Wayne Rainey is probably the most awesome person I've ever met in my life. The most humble man, the most down-to-earth man. And, um, you know, it, I'll never forget, he was doing an interview and the, the interviewer said, so you are paralyzed from the waist down? And he yeah. said, no, no, I'm paralyzed from the chest down. And it was just so matter of fact. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'll offer him a glass of wine and go, no, I might want to get up and walk. <laughs> He's got a great sense of humor about cool. his own disability, but he is just truly a, a, a wonderful man. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. He, is, he is the man. That guy's cool. Also shorter than you, at least now. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I don't mind getting down on my knees for him, though. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> Red flag. I think that's the first uh, yeah. time I've blushed on the show. <laughs> you got Ryan. It had to happen at least wow. once. And Jill has won. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. that, that yeah. was the best thing I've heard yet on this whole <laughs> trip. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, I'm happy. Are you? Meh. <laughs> Wait, are we leaving in the... the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then I'm great. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the best interview we've had. So, David, how long is the email we're going to get? It'll be short. It'll be short. It'll be short. Okay. I'm good. All right. What are uh, some things that Jill does that drives you insane? I wouldn't say drive me insane because I've... I've uh, I'm just in my first off season, and, and I need this gig. All <laughs> <laughs> right, you're safe. What the the best part though? What I really like is is my office is around the corner and down the block from hers, but we have a small office building that we work in, and when she gets up on the chip, whether on the phone or not, it's 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 good. It's good, uh, good drama. You, you can good like drama, hang up good the comedy. phone and still hear her yelling down oh, the street. Oh yeah, but it's it's just it's funny to hear her voice just go up and down and. <laughs> and so what are some of her pet peeves? Like, what is the things that she's like, this guy again did this kind of thing? Yeah, I can't go there. <laughs> sure you can. No, I can't. All right. Uh, Jill, all right. Jill, I, same I, question. I do know. Well, yeah, you answer that one. Wait, what was the question? Pet peeves, things that you're always up on the red limiter that guys are doing, or not guys, Actually, but people that you're working are, with. My pet peeves are odd. I, I can't stand. I have a very Podcasts. low. I hate them. <laughs> I have a very now. low tolerance for incompetence. Yeah, yeah as you very should. Very low. Yeah. Um, and yet you're here. So incompetence <laughs> just drives me nuts. I didn't the other tell her thing what was is, um, <laughs> is blue jeans. Ooh. That's what I was going to say. Office. Blue Wait, jeans. that's <laughs> a pet peeve? I was like, no I, jeans. So let's no say jeans at the office. Really? Uh-huh. 
in California. I know. That's I, crazy. I've worked That's at the awesome. track now for seven and a half months. I've worn jeans once. And never yeah. again. I allow jeans the day after an event, okay. and that's it. Wow. Really? Yes. So you're wow. not it, at all the person we thought you were the entire <laughs> time. <laughs> like, I'm just free and like, easy going. So if I was to work for Laguna Seca, uh, yes. which is clearly never going to happen after this, but uh, would, I, would, would I be allowed to charge like a pants relocation fee? Uh, no. No. So right. here's my theory. Okay. What about black jeans? Black jeans are kind of okay. Mm -hmm. um, Ooh, it, it's good to know. Yeah. yeah, appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Khaki colors. I said kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> she just like her eyes it. just rolled. <laughs> no! Like I'm smiling, but I'm mad now. <laughs> I grew up in England. I am a traditionalist. Okay. Uh, you wore jeans when you worked on the farm or when you were extremely casual. You'd never go out to a pub in jeans. Okay. You dressed up to go out to a okay. pub. That's not true anymore, but it wasn't. So I have this theory that if you dress down, your attitude is going to be incredibly casual and your productivity is going to be casual. Sure. If you make an effort to dress for your job, you are going to do a much better it's job. It's that sort of it. dress for the job you want yeah. kind of attitude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's my theory. So it has nothing really to do with blue jeans. It okay. has to do with an attitude that goes with it. I get that. David, uh, uh, You've worked with Jill now. You worked for Scott Atherton and Ed Bennett. RCR. You worked for uh, RCR, Ed, uh, Enzo Podolicchio. Uh, where, does, uh, where does Jill stack up? Right at the top. Of oh. course. And that She's was so free. So Are you PR saying that guy. so you can live? Well, no, so I, I, PR I've, guy. I love I've it. worked for some great guys. I've worked, I worked for Richard Childress for 14 years. Yeah. Um, I worked for... Uh, a guy named Denny Darnell, who was the, the VP of Communications for the NHRA. Yep. He was yep. my mentor for 25 years. Um, I liked Jill's attitude, and I knew when I came in for my interview in late February that th we just clicked, that there was, you know, I seemed to understand the where she was coming from, yeah, and she yeah. seemed to understand where I'm coming from. And, and seven and a half months in, she hasn't fired me yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> But you know now that if you need a severance package, just start wearing jeans every day. Yeah. And, and they'll be like, your move. <laughs> <laughs> but black ones, I like black ones might yeah. be okay. I don't. I think she was just humoring yeah, us do, because she was too. like, she's like, that's okay. But then her eyes went. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, don't wear the black jeans, dude. Well, don't do it. Won't do it. <laughs> yeah, I think on that note. Awesome. Thanks, guys. No, thank you very much. This was fun. Continental's got the check. I'm finished. And that is Joe Campbell. That was a hell of a surprise for us. We'd always heard she was pretty cool, but damn, that that woman is cool as So, uh, thanks to Jill for giving us the time. This will uh, conclude our first batch of releases. Our headed west swing. And then we'll release our batch two of our Eastern Swing in just a couple of days. Uh, but closing us out, we're going to go back to uh, Citizen Cope, who uh, have another song available on iTunes called I Couldn't Explain Why. Enjoy. Enjoy.